from the Word. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to be together. Uh, If you could turn back to Genesis and go to 15, Genesis 15. I was thinking as Brother Norris was sharing that story of Mount Moriah, it really went through my mind, you know, what, what, what would that have really cost Abraham to take really his greatest treasure and to give it? You know, um, we have a line in this hymn that we just sang that said, the one absorbing treasure that fills our heart and eye is love beyond all measure. Right? And so, I wonder if that's true of me, if that's true of you. Is God the treasure that fills my heart and eye? What does that mean, my heart and eye? So, if we're, a lot of times we sing these words and it sounds nice, it's poetry, but it's actually pretty interesting and pretty profound. You know, He is the treasure that fills our heart, so He's captured our emotions, but He also fills our eye. If Christ is filling our eye, then we can't see anything else, right? And I think that a lot of times there's so many things in this world that fill our eye, that take our attention away from the Lord. They seem so much more important, so much more pressing that they squeeze out our devotion for the Lord. And so I think I wanted to read just a few verses today on this idea of God being that one absorbing treasure that fills our heart and eye. And I wanted to go back first to Genesis 15 because we have this really interesting scene where Abraham had just won this great battle in bringing back Lot and the people of Sodom and all the treasures. And the king of Sodom wanted to give Abraham a bunch of money. And Abraham said, no, I don't want you to give me anything because I don't want it to be said that you made Abraham rich. So he denies that. He, he turns it down. In the very next verse, in verse 1 of chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And he says this, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. This is translated a couple different ways. Sometimes it will say, I am your shield and your reward will be exceeding. Right? But... Most translations, and I think this is more accurate, that the Lord came to him and said, I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. I am the prize. And then Abraham comes back to God and says, basically, and this is one of the funniest lines to me in Scripture. Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Isn't God patient with us? 
You know, imagine God coming to Abraham and saying, I am your exceeding great reward. And Abraham basically says, yeah, but what else? Is that all I get? <laughs> you know, I want a son. I want somebody to pass my wealth on to. What's going to happen after I die? Abraham was in process, you know? He was always learning. He would fail, he would succeed. And so he's a great picture of us. Because we are the same. The Lord has come to you and said, I am the treasure. You have found me. And in finding me, you will want for nothing else. But often we come back and say, well, that's fine, but here's a couple other things I want. The problem with that is, when we add all these other things that we want God to give us, He will give them occasionally, right? They come into our lives as blessings, whether that's family members or uh, physical wealth, material wealth, or health and emotional happiness. All of these things do come from the hand of the Lord. But the problem is, if they become our treasure, when they are gone, we are unable to move forward. Because what is most important to us has been taken away. When the Lord is your treasure, nothing can shake your faith because He is always with us. Right? And so I think about Abraham a little further in his life. He's further down the road with the Lord. And there he is walking up Mount Moriah. He's about to take that one thing that he loved the most, but maybe it's not the thing he loved the most at that point. Maybe Isaac isn't the thing he loved the most at that point. Maybe the Lord Himself is the one he loves the most. And so he knows, even if I lose Isaac, and lose Sarah, and lose Ishmael, and lose everything, I have the Lord. And in having Him, I have all things. Let's look one more Old Testament saint in Moses. This is in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. And, I, and that's the question for us this morning. Is He your treasure? Is He the one who fills your heart and your eye? And Exodus 33, we're not going to read this whole passage, but it's really a profound, and again, I think kind of funny <laughs> passage, really. But Moses goes up to the mountain and receives the law. And the Lord basically tells him, I want to dwell in the midst of this people. I want to be with you. I want to be constantly with you. And here are these few conditions of this. Here is this law that I want you to follow. And even as he was giving the law, the people were breaking it. And so they were worshiping the calf. And so at the end of chapter 32, at the end of chapter 32, the Lord says this, verse 30, The next day Moses said to the people, You've sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They've made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you forgive their sin... But if not, please blot me out of your book that you've written. But the Lord said to Moses, 
Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I'll visit your sin upon them. And then he gets a little clearer in the next chapter. In chapter 33, the Lord tells Moses something very troubling. He says, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you've brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your offspring I'll give it. I will send an angel before you, and I'll drive out the people. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you. (laughs) That's really troubling, right? He basically says, it's off. I wanted to dwell with you. I wanted to be in your midst. But now, go ahead and go. I'll still give you the land. You can have the land. You can have uh, victory over your enemies. But I'm not going to go with you. And here's what's interesting. That is exactly the kind of relationship with God that the majority of people in the world really want. You know, if you ask the normal person on the street, almost everyone believes that there is a God. And they would love for this to be the arrangement. God says, I'll give you wealth. I'll give you victory over your enemies. But I'm not going to be with you. And I can imagine most people saying, that sounds perfect. Because I can do what I want. In other words, if the only reason you want to be with God is so He'll give you a bunch of stuff. But you don't really want Him. This is the perfect arrangement, right? You, can, you don't have to worry about your sin. You, know, you don't have to worry about following a bunch of rules. You're going to get your health and your wealth and your prosperity without all the hard stuff. And I can imagine most people saying, thank you very much, see you later, and thank you for giving me all of my heart's desire, but not Moses. Moses says, and and again, just for the sake of time, we won't read the whole thing, but if you read chapter 33, Moses basically says, if you're not going up with us, then we're not going to go. In other words, you're the one we want. You're all we want. It's not the land. It's not the milk and honey. It's not the victory. All of that would be nothing if you weren't in our midst. That's the place that you and I have to get to. Because if all you want is the victory, if all you want is your health, wealth, and prosperity, then what happens when those things begin to slip away? What happens as you get older and your health begins to slip away? And you'll say, God, I thought you were going to give me all these things. What happens when relationships are difficult? You'll say, God, I thought you gave me this spouse. Well, that spouse sometimes can bring trouble, right? There could be, you might clash up against each other. And in those times, you might say, oh, well, God, I thought thought you were going to take care of all of my problems. But God is the treasure. Let us be like Moses and say, Lord, if we have you, then we'll be happy with all else. And so you see in Exodus 33, just one verse, he says, 
in verse 12. Uh, sorry. Verse 13, Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, that wasn't quite enough. He was still a little shaken. If your presence will not go with me, don't bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Right? Is it not in your going with us so that we're distinct, I and your people, from every other people in the face of the earth? And then he says in verse 18, please show me your glory. This is, let, us, let this be our prayer as well. Lord, show us your glory. Show us yourself. We pray for other things. We ask the Lord for things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Laying our desires at, at his feet. The cares of this life. And some of our needs. But ultimately, let our prayer be like Moses. Lord, show me yourself. Show me more of yourself so that I can know the treasure that I actually have already. And then just one last verse from Psalm 73. Psalm 73, this beautiful psalm where you see the psalmist struggling because his life is not measuring up to what he hoped it would be. And not only that, but when he looks at everyone else, everyone else's life seems pretty good. This is the story of Facebook in a nutshell, right? (laughs) Or Instagram, you know. You look on Instagram, everybody seems to be having a wonderful time on vacation and eating beautiful meals. What's wrong with me? You know, I'm having this terrible day and everyone else is having a wonderful day. That's the plight of this psalmist. But by the time he gets to the end, he says in verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This very well could have been the prayer to Abraham as he's marching up Moriah. Isaac may leave me. Sarah may die. I, in the end, will die. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. May this be true for you and I as well. Amen. Amen. Let us sing all together.